You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the intelligent wrestling fan. And now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Alley and Flash High Spots and Cheap Pops. And we are talking AEW Dynamite. We are talking Chris Jericho falling into devastating painted cardboard boxes. Fuck! Let's hear what's going on at Blood and Guts from Silicon Steve Valley, um, a disciple of um, the Church of Tony Khan. I'm very interested. Well, here's the deal, and and I think you know me. You've been on this show. We've been doing this show for a while, little bit now. I mean, we've certainly been known professional wrestling, watching professional wrestling with each other what for a while. And I w- w- would dare say you think I'm a bit of an AEW homer, correct? I'd say you're a mark for them. Is that worse than Homer? I don't know. Honestly, I don't think the term mark is a as a slight and a slight at this point. Anyways, it's not like it's not like you and I had professional wrestling careers by any means that we could be like, hey, we're in the business, blah blah blah. Well, I don't and know professional. I mean, you got paid for it, okay? I got paid in love and humility, sir. Hey, you know what? So do almost people. Hey, when the look, all I want, all I'm telling you is that a a current major, major impact star is very good friends with me. We go way back. We train together and I uh, still talk to him on, on a weekly basis. So, uh, you know, I have a oh, really I have proud of when, my wrestling career, sir. When is he booked for the show? I ha- I, look, I don't cash in favors with my friends. I'm not a tool like that. I don't do that. We're, we're big stars. We don't, he doesn't ask me to manage for him. I'm not going to ask him to come on my show. <laughs> I'm just going to hand my shit out. You think Don Callis is going to pay me? No, 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 no. <laughs> Too many bitter fish to fry. <laughs> but anyways, yes. yeah. Well, either way, you would say that AEW, I have always been very kind to AEW in their two years that they've been around. Or so, year and a half, two, and eight, two I guess it would be almost, yeah, two years, two, almost two and a half years they've been around. Absolutely. They could do no wrong, just about. I don't know if I'd say that. But just about, just about. I have had it. I'm tired of the excuses that let's talk about blood. Let's get right into it. First of all, every one of these guys busted their asses. It was one of the best war games matches I've ever seen until the actual end. And let's preface this by saying every single ending to every war games that has been done recently by NXT. The finish has been the best part of these matches pretty yep. consistently, or at least one of them. The one that I definitely remember, I'm, I'm forgetting who it was. They did a, who was it, that pinned Adam Cole? I think it might have been Champa. Champa. It was Champa and Adam Cole. And there you go. And that's just one of them. But there was the other one with Pete Dunn and I think Keith Lee. Yep. And there, was no, there was always these massive, awesome endings. And you felt yep. them. And here it was. They're really trying to do something. And, what, and if you didn't see the finish, Sammy Guevara quit before Chris Jericho was going to get tossed off of what? A 10-foot cage? 15-foot cage? Not hell in the cell by any stretch. Not that I'm saying this is a weak bump. Because he's a 50-year-old man, Chris Jericho, and we understand he's not going to do anything that's going to put him at risk. But we have seen falls off of these cages before, time and time again, in through tables, at least tables. 
And here is this great match, same as the last main, big main event they had with a silly gimmick, with the exploding barbed wire match. The talent busts their ass, does everything they need to do to get you in a point for this big payoff, and then they turn into an indie show, a jack-off indie show. That's what the finish, the barbed wire finish was, and that's what the finish was when Jericho went through the cardboard spray-painted gray. These, the talents, and they did everything they could to put themselves in a position to have this one of the most epic battles on the history of, of, Dar- of Dynamite. And what did they do? You might as well, God bless them, but you might as well have thrown the great Samu from Allentown, Pennsylvania for WWXC4 on public access channel 43, and they could have done a better spot than Jericho going through those that cardboard. And then to make it worse... Jericho's keeping his eyes out to see what kind of reaction he's getting while the camera's on him. What the? I mean, I, look, I love AEW. I have been a card carrying member. I'm wearing a shirt from an AEW star. <laughs> I love AEW. I bleed black, white, and gold. I am them. But the bottom line is they can't have these finishes like this because you're blowing it. People are going to start saying, giving the people that are giving them a chance are seeing this and they're saying, screw this shit. I'd rather watch NXT. NXT's better production value, period. The wrestling may not be as good and the storylines may not be as good, but shit, stop looking like an indie show for Christ's sake. You're on national television. Cody's crappy go big show has better production value than what we saw with Chris Jericho. <laughs> It's a friggin' joke, and I'm tired of defending them when I got a jack-off like I-Beast, WWE Homer, clowning AEW left and right, and I can't defend it. I want to. I desperately want to defend this company. At least the last time, Moxley and Tony Khan, they did everything they could to spin it a certain way. You can't spin this. You're treating the fans like we're stupid, like WWE would. If you're going to do something where you have a destructive match, a match where everyone knows they're going to pay the price, Harwood was busted open three minutes into the, the match. These guys busted their asses. And then the finish. It, it's It was, it, and I can't give them a pass this time. Because what did they expect it to look like? The barbed wire exploding thing? Okay, there was a botch. I get it. But what did you expect that to look like? To to quit that match? After everything those guys were doing to each other? Oh, no, he's going to drop from 10 feet. Meanwhile, Sammy Guevara has gone. How did he finish the match in in the stadium stampede? He dropped like 20 feet, taking a one-winged angel. But that's going to make you quit that match after everything you've been through at MJF? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and I hope that's everything you wanted. Because that's, that's how I feel. And they better straighten this shit out. Because, or they are going to be what everybody says they are. Just a jack-off t-shirt company. Get your shit together, production company. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. I really do agree. And and thinking about this match, um, I would say it was 90% awesome. And 
when I watch this match, uh, Dax Harwood is is going to become a legend. All right, um, Cash is going to be incredible as well. He's he's almost I think he's underrated. Um, Sammy Guevara at a hell of a moment, even with a couple of, you know, botches, slips, whatever you want to say, I can't even hold it to him. You know, it's like, it was, they were at war, you know, in this thing. And, um, I, I gotta make a comment here too. Like, um, you know, you got through every one of the members of pinnacle and the inner circle. And I say this as a long time card carrying member, Jericho Holic, that match turned south as soon as he got into the ring. It was not, it was not no longer war games. Like he came in there and all of a sudden you have the, you know, pose off where they are going to go rush each other. But, oh, by the way, you have two sets of ropes in between each other now. Okay, great. You're going to have the, you're going to have this theatrical moment. I get it. But yeah, but you know what? They should have ripped those ropes down previous to that. Or have them stand okay. in one ring. Have one. Have them. Oh well, yeah, exactly. That that would have been the easy thing. If yeah, if you don't have the ropes, uh, if you have the ropes up, have them stand in one ring, and that's that. You know, just that looked ridiculous. Who was the one who jumped over and tripped? It was Wardlow. One of the uh, guys, might Wardlow or Hagar, tried jumping over the top, and they just looked stupid. You're yeah. that pose off ruined that match. From that point over, it was it was done. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, as soon as and then I say this, as soon as Jericho got in there, man, and it's another thing, he sneaks a bat in there. And what is he doing with the bat? He's not swinging for the for the uh for right field. He's choking people with a bat. If you're in a street fight, you're not choking anybody with a bat. It's just stupid at that point. And um it, it was just a very like you know, honestly, and I I say this with as much admiration of Chris Jericho as you know, uh, you know, I've loved Jericho since the nineties, man. I've been, I was probably one of the first ones on that train. And this is one of the signs where he needs to start considering what is his impact going to be going forward? You know, is it in the ring and matches like this or no? Is it behind the announce desk? Is it him as a manager, whatever you want to call it? He's going to have to start doing some soul searching here. Because those other nine guys were on a different level, all right. And it was and and really, besides the whole, let's let's take this step by step, all right. So he gets in there. He was literally just walking around for the most part, really not even just engaging with anybody, boring. almost avoiding it. Yeah, it was boring when he got in there. It, it was, and I and I say this again with as much admiration as I can. But he's got to be. I got to be critical of him. You know, there's times where I'm critical of other guys and maybe too critical, especially Mr. Gallows. However, I got to go and be fair about this because Jericho, this is what I saw. So another thing with Jericho, too. Um, did, did you realize how they got out and into the um, up and on top of the cage? Did you catch that? No. Okay, that, that was one of the picture-in-picture -picture deals that I think was a bit of a negative with the match. And then this was... That was another uh, thing, know, yeah. Yeah, fucking commercials. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Ah. And so evidently Tully hit one of the I guess hit one of the referees and um MJF got out and Jericho followed him up there. So okay, now we're gonna have this big spot. And the thing is, if you go and watch it, 
And one of my favorite things on Instagram, I got to be honest with you, is AEW botches. You know, AEW botches. I'm a fan of those guys, right? Because it's an intriguing, sarcastic look at AEW, and it sort of shines a light on them that many people don't necessarily want to see. So I enjoy sort of looking at it. Yeah, the people that hate that from WWE that hate them. There are Twitter handles that literally thousands of Twitter handles, and all they do is shit on AEW all day. So to say that that's not a lot of people is bullshit. There right. are people who are rejoicing every time AEW screws up and Baron Corbin somehow creeps into the picture. They're thinking he's the best heel ever. So there is much bigger than you think. And, and you know what? And I'll say this: Baron Corbin sucks as well. So I'll call it both ways, right? So, yeah, yeah, he's the worst. So, so if you watch when Jericho is on uh, is on top of the cage, when he has the walls of Jericho or the lion tamer on on MJF, it, like if you watch, he actually signals on the hard camera to MJF, and they catch it when to go and give him the low blow. Then there's other. There's also. Other times where he's on top of the camera and the camera's on him, and you actually, after the low blow, you see Jericho going into his wrist where the tape is, and he has the blade. And he has the blade in hand, and it's as clear as day. Yeah. This is how this is how sloppy they're getting on live TV. This is Jericho, by the way. There's no And fun. this is Jericho. Yes. Yes, hundred percent. This isn't QT Marshall. No, no, this is Jericho, one of the greatest wrestlers and, and entertainers and this, you know, we've seen in the last 20 years, okay? And I don't know if he's just trying to, you know, top himself each and every time, but maybe he needs to hone it back in a little bit. So he's being very sloppy and obvious about these things. And that's part of, you know, um, <laughs> the, 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 you know, you have to have an air of illusion with this stuff. And like you said, you see him talking to MJF as they're lining up the final spot. You know, obvious again. And then, oh, by the way, now we're getting to the point after they just went and ripped each other limb from limb. Now you have a situation where MJF is going to all of a sudden become like a benevolent person and not throw Chris Jericho off. And Sammy Guevara, after 30 seconds of begging and pleading, after they just went to battle with each other, is begging, don't throw my buddy Chris Jericho off of this thing. And what do they do? And I think the announcers even said that that was concrete below them, right? Another stupid step, right? Especially if you're going to film it in such a way. It's just right? making us feel stupid is what it's doing. Exactly. Because we all know it's not concrete. So then they push them. And what it was great was even their attention to detail. They had cardboard that was painted to look like diamond metal plates, like diamond plates. But they spent like, hours making that look good. Right. And it was such a waste of time. And, oh, look, and then, look, that's really great decorative cardboard. Yeah, it looks, yeah, look, this looks like metal, right? Let me hit you with it. So, like, he goes and falls through it, and you could tell he pretty much hit an airbag. Like a stuntman. He's looking, and they're checking on him. He's like, yeah. Oh, he's, at, he's like, oh, what's the reaction like? Oh, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then they, it was one of Jericho's worst nights. Yeah, it was really bad, man. And I and I say this is a Jericho-holic. And this is something that he's got to be taken to task with. Because, you know what, like, overall, we'll probably remember the match somewhat fondly. But this is a moment that could have been so much better. And when I say somewhat fondly, 90% of it. Like, uh, like, like, like FTR. I even think Ortiz and Santana had some good moments in here. Like, 
You know, there was a feel to them. There was a vibe. Um, I thought Hager was a little clumsy at times and even maybe didn't. Yeah. 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 And I, and I don't, I don't think he necessarily made Wardlow look all that good. Like, Hey, when those two guys were facing off, man, you could feel that, but it could have been a little bit better, but overall they did not make this what it could have been. And, uh, it's, it was very disappointing to me. I mean, let's even take it up a notch, right? This is how amateurish they are. They have live fans there. The live fans arrive, and Tony Khan comes out and says, uh, guys, yeah, this building that we've been in for, what, the last year or so because of COVID um, doesn't, have an, uh, doesn't have a ceiling or a roof that can support this, this cage structure. So basically what you guys are going to do is watch the first hour on TV on the screen. And the fans didn't even realize that when they bought these tickets. You had people that flew in to go watch this show, and they didn't even realize that they were going to go and pretty much watch a Jumbotron match matches on there. They did say that if anyone was disappointed with the show, they can leave, and, and they did give out three refunds. But if you- Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. But, but like, to go and promote this show is blood and guts. It's a two-hour show. You're th- let, let, let's be honest. I'll, I'll speak for myself. If I went there thinking I was going to see a full dynamite and the first hour of it was taped before I even got there, I'd be a little disappointed. And I, yeah, would definitely, and that would get you salty for the match, too. I, I agree, 100%. And um, so that's amateurish as well. Like, you know what? You're going to go promote this, and you're not even sure that that structure can go and withstand that. And let's get back to the match itself. Other war games that we've seen, you mentioned NXT. And if you want to go back to the old NA, N, uh, it was an NWA or WCW days back in the early, I think it was an NWA actually. Um, those matches don't necessarily need to end on top of the, on top of the cage. They should end inside of the cage where, you know what? Like after they get in there, after all 10 are in there. Okay. It's a sprint. It's not a marathon anymore. And who's going to go and quit or submit or surrender, whatever the case is. And that's where we're going to get to. But they drew it out a little bit. You had to have your spots on top of the ring that that had Jericho all over it. And I'm sure it's, you know, to make MJF look a little bit better. But in reality, this made it look like a joke. And, like, I could see your passion. I admire it, Mr. Silicon Valley. But these guys went and put their asses on the line, and the payoff was nothing. It was a popcorn fart. Yeah, I mean it's parallel to the blood to the barbed wire death match in many ways. Absolutely. But yeah. And this is handled it. Uh, this time it was like they didn't learn from their mistakes last time. And let's exactly. go back and let's go into Jericho and, and examine Jericho. Ever since he became Jericho's been he cut this badass promo a couple weeks ago, but overall. Jericho's been so hit or miss lately, so much so MJF actually alluded to it in one of his promos. He said, yeah. "It must be a lot of pressure. You had to hit a home run, or you don't." And there's some truth to that because Jericho's money. And then yeah. he comes out and he does what he did the week after his promo. The week after was not very good, miss with miss no. Dutch. And then it just seems like he's a carny now. And it seems like I, I'm Chris Jericho, and he's talked about it. I'm Chris Jericho. I can get anything over. Well, when these yep. guys are literally Chris Jericho, biggest star in the match, was easily the worst part of this match. And let's be honest, if Jericho's not in that match, the match would have ended better. It would have been better. It would have been a better overall match. Now, you yeah. would the match been as interesting without Jericho? 
because I always felt like the whole MJF Jericho thing was a little forced. Um, it was magical sometimes, but did you ever, I mean, we always knew MJF was going to turn on the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. And you never really understood why they were, you know, it just, it's, it really was just a sad moment and a sad realization that AEW has not really grown that much from a year and a half ago. They haven't. At least from a at least from a production value. And what's scary is they didn't learn from a really bad mistake that was only a month and a half ago on their biggest show of the year. Yeah, right? very true. I'm like, I love that you're all fired up and being honest about it, right? About AEW specifically. But the thing is, I think overall, the show was not that great, especially when you consider the how it ended and all the stuff leading up to it. No, the show didn't have the energy because there was no crowd in it. It was, it, the show I, was missing something. Um, there was yeah. no heat for the elite when they did their thing with Eddie Kingston. There was no heat at all. You didn't hear anybody. It sounded well, like the way, the way that was even set up was just ridiculous. For some reason, they didn't come up with a plan of how a, seam, a seamless construction of that cage. They did not, and they had months to prepare. Right. This was supposed to be in Newark. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah, over a year ago. Right. So with that being said, it's that's the kind of thing that Tony Khan Booker of the year. He might be the booker of the year, but he's the wrestling production television. He doesn't light a candle to any of the WWE branch in terms of that. He's got to hire somebody. Go to WWE. Get get a third or fourth number number three or number four guy from WWE. Give him a shitload of money and get your production figured out because that's a joke. And if it's not going to look good, do something else. Yep. You can do anything. Yeah, it was even the way they shot it. Was, and that's a cheap fix. It was just, it was rookie. It was indie. Booker yes. T said it recently. When they do shit like that, they come off like a shitty indie promotion. And if they're going to make this work long term, I'm not talking about competing with WWE. I'm talking about if they're going to, if they're not just going to be impact wrestling, essentially. Yep. They're going to have to fix this shit, and they better fix it fast. Or TNT is going to be like, what the fuck? You know TNT saw that one. Yeah. Is Vince, Russo, yeah. is Vince Russo back on TNT? What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it was really bad. And and honestly, like, you know, I'm trying to think about chronolo- chronologically what went on there. Hey, look, some people do the shit in the show. I have it right here. The show opens with my favorite. Michael Nakazawa, MP Nakazawa, Kenny Omega, the AAA World Champion, the Impact World Champion, and the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega, versus John Moxley and your favorite, the Mad King, Eddie Kingston. Oh, my God. I was blessed to see him out there opening that match. <laughs> and Michael Nakazawa is probably higher than us, too. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? Like, and that's honestly, it's another thing. It's like he's just a stooge out there. Who, it's my understanding, he's Kenny Omega's buddy, very close. And yeah, and, and okay, but just because he's close with Kenny doesn't mean he needs to be wrestling. Yeah, you could have put what you could have had Gallows in there. You could have exactly. You could have put somebody legitimate in there, and and then you have it there. You have him at coming out. And and Kingston to me is a joke as well. And the, and the ma- and the tag match was just 
It was a jerk. It was, it was a rookie. Yeah, it was a, it was a rookie way to open up blood and guts, and your world champions in it. Yeah, and also, I mean, how many more times do we do we have to see Moxley and and Omega? Like, when's this over? Well, they're trying to do it so they can play with the, for the buck. So it's whatever. I'm not going to kill them on that. It, it's a tag match. It's whatever. They, that that's not the end of the world. It's not a main event. It's an open. That's not the end of the world. That's not. I mean, it, it's certainly not something like WWE where you're going to see you guys fight six times in two in three months. It's not like that. So, and and I think that'll probably be the last time you see Moxley and Omega. If it makes you feel any better, it'll probably. I don't see them fighting anytime soon again. So I think it is over now. Okay, feeling better now? Not really, because honestly, I could see them crossing paths again. Okay, like, so how about this? Like, it's just it's and you and they have been wrestling each other for how long now? And it's not just Moxley. Oh, we're gonna go and intertwine Kingston here, and it's Kingston looking to take a shot at Omega. Like anyone gives a shit. Really? All right. Well, I think you're assuming things that aren't going to happen. I don't think Omega and Moxley are going to fight anytime soon again. And I don't think, and yeah, Eddie Kingston's not going to fight Omega for the title, at least not in the paper. No, no. I'm, yeah, I'm not even saying that. It's just this weird grudge match. It's just a weird, like, they're so discombobulated with Omega being involved with this one and Omega being involved with that one. They're like, they have to zero in on stuff with him. I think that what they did was they said, here is Omega, here's John Moxley, and and you're going to watch it because it's them, because they're two biggest stars. They, that's and, they, thought. they thought they can get by on the name. Yeah, and I agree with that, but the match was nowhere near those it two wasn't names. That good. No, it was not that yeah, good. It was bad. It was bad. That's what I'm saying. I, so. I, I honestly did not pay much attention to it because I didn't care about it that much. I, I honestly didn't. The ending was... A, so, okay, the Bucks are now complete scumbags, and now that's who they are. The Bucks are now saying they're the best yeah. tag team. Well, FTR is the best tag team on the planet, and everybody knows that. And when is my homeboy, Dax and Cash, going to say, when are we getting our freaking tag title opportunities back? I went and get done with this inner circle. I want to see FTR against the Young Bucks now so FTR can take their rightful place. As tag team champions, how about that? I agree with you, man. They're definitely my favorite tag team, man. I, like I, I think I, I admire them worlds ahead of the Young Bucks at this moment. Oh, they have new gear. It still looks corny. Shut up, Young Bucks. I, I, I don't care. And and you know, truthfully, the thing They're is great. too. When They're when great. I look at the Young, what's that? Young Bucks are so much better as heels. They are literally much better as heels. Like just everything yeah. about them is better as heels. So I'm shitting on them because I love FTR, but. I am very much in favor of this this version of the Young Bucks. I mean, are you, would you at all be intimidated by the Young Bucks in a fight? Yeah, they'll kick my ass. I'm fat and old. I got you, but like, if we look at their their height and their weights, you and I probably like, eh, you know, it's not like they're big dudes and like carry themselves well. It's just they're sort of snarky right now, and they spend a lot of money on their gear, and that's sort of their thing. I wouldn't be afraid of Daniel Bryan either, though. Right. Right. No, I got you. I got you. I get not. You know what I mean. That's not their thing. They're not in in a physically imposing couple of fellows. They're good Christian boys, uh, but they do a lot of we awesome high flying shit. Their high flying stuff typically makes sense too, if you notice their high flying stuff. A lot of high flying, but they still will do the okay. One guy flips over the top rope and and then lands on twenty guys and twenty guys fall. That's that kind of. They don't do that as often as a lot of other guys do. 
that built their careers in their their manner and they are much more innovative so i'll give them some credit as what they do in the ring they are they are really one of the best tag teams ever um and now that they're scumbags it's more believable that they're the best tag team ever. you know what i mean the heels they, I, I like them better as like full-fledged heels i i agree with that um just personal taste i just like the i like ftr style better it's more horsemanish and yeah, that's my thing man they're just badass dudes I agree with you. I I much rather see them than the high flyers. I was always, you know, I was always a hard foundation guy, not a rockers guy. I was, yeah, you know what I mean. So I'm I'm hundred percent, yeah. And I'm yeah. Of, then we go to another should be a really interesting thing, and everyone should really care, but I just don't give a shit. The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes with double Aaron Anderson's QT Marshall. And the rest of his factory, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado. Which one is Aaron? Which one is the one that that uh, Cornette calls? What do you call? What does he call? Oh, uh, Hercules Hernandez without the talent. <laughs> <laughs> That's rough because Hercules Hernandez. I don't remember him being. That. Yeah, I think he was being sarcastic. And what do you think of this match? I I hated it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't care. I don't like Cody. I don't like Cody bell to bell. Right. Sorry. Cody and honestly, Marshall and then uh, the whole like interaction with Arn Anderson on the outside of the ring where he's just like holding Marshall's head up against the post. And it's just like it just it was awkward. It was just like weird. And um, it was a bad show, dude. It was a really yeah, it wasn't it was just wasn't a good moment. And then, OK, um, what Cody, they went and did four different reversals on the goddamn tombstone. Uh, hits <laughs> yeah, the tombstone. And I'm with you. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, hits the tombstone and then he hits crossroads and he still kicks out. That's like, that tombstone thing was fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like I, I don't even know what they're doing. And then and then oh hey, here we go. And um uh after the match and after Marshall, oh yeah, Marshall lost his his, his uh trunks at one point, so we got a chance to almost see his ass. I mean, I know that was gonna drive the ratings up. And um and then finally Marshall loses what he lost in a figure four, was it? Yeah. Okay, so he loses the figure four, and then here comes a go-go, who they're trying to put over as 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 well as can be, and truthfully, it's not there. He's a boxer, and he does a body blow. Who gives a shit? Oh, and then... Sorry. Yeah, exactly. He, he does a body blow, and then he drapes, and he goes to drape Cody in the Union Jack, as if that's some sort of like, I mean, are we at war with them? Is this like, like, what is it? Oh, he's English. And like, you know, I'll be honest with you. Cornette made the Cornette made the correlation. He goes, why not just drape him the Canadian flag? Who gives a shit? I agree. You know, like, what do you like? Okay, great. You're from England. We don't give a shit. Ooh, rivals. Yeah. It's not like the Iron Chink. And, and, Come on, for Christ's sake. Yeah, it's not like the Iron Sheik against Sergeant Slaughter here with the like Persian Gulf thing going on here. Like, like a, a go-go's got to get his shit together and realize, okay, like all he's doing is doing body blows out there, and what this is how he's getting heat is draping people in an English flag. Who gives a shit? And he's still pissed off for Yorktown, homie. <laughs> he's like, I can't believe you guys threw that tea in that harbor. 
stupid shit. Yeah, so that I just thought that was, uh, you know, uh, booked in a stupid manner as well. I, like the factory and, and and what's going on there with Cody. And Cody really, he, his star is dropping, man. I was just going to say that. I mean, why do we, why would we care about Cody? He finishes again. What's my big thing about getting to WWE? They treat us like we're stupid. Yeah. Cody, he's first and foremost a professional wrestler. Oh, he's a professional wrestler. All he has used AEW is to promote whatever else is going on in his fucking life. Pardon my language. And he's trying to now bring his best friend QT Marshall along for the ride. Problem is, nobody cares about Cody anymore. They barely cared about you for about three years. Nobody, yep. do I, am I supposed to care? He hasn't been there. And right. when he shows up, he tells he has a big, just absolutely gaudy, obnoxious announcement that he's having a daughter. I mean, what the fuck? And you did you see? Take time out of your day to tell me you're having a daughter. You could just tweet that shit. Jesus. And do you see that? Do you see that he has another announcement coming this week? What? What? What is he going to go goatee? I decided I'm going to go goatee, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I have a, I, I'm doing a, I'm doing a part in a Law and Order CSI episode. I have to have black hair and go check. It's going to be a well, <laughs> What are the odds that that announcement gets interrupted by somebody? And then, it's, then the storyline's going to go absolutely friggin' nowhere. Yeah, exactly. He's like a, he's like the Bermuda Triangle for storylines, man. Anything that he's involved in, and and he's here. He's what an executive vice president of this company, and and it's just weird. He he's okay and content with being on the outer fringe of the storylines themselves, and just uh, self promotion. Otherwise, Shaq is the best thing that's happened to Cody Rhodes after, since MJF kicked him in the balls. Um, yeah, I I mean I guess his. His high point was that match with Dustin, right? Like as far as like that AEW was itself. That was, that was after. That was after. Right. So his short timeline was he beat Dustin at the all in. No, it wasn't all in. It was uh, double or nothing. It was the very first paper. double or nothing. Okay. It wasn't all in. That was Dustin was not. I don't believe Dustin was even in. I think he was still under WWE at the time, but all in was still around. Um. So it was their first one in 2019. And then he went and he won something. He had a match. Oh, yes, against Sean Spears. He beat Sean Spears. Then the next pay-per-view, he faces Jericho. MJF kicks him in the balls. He had a really, really good program with MJF. So I'm going to take that back. That entire program with MJF was really well done. Made Wardlow look right. good. A great match. Um, and even the finish, with M- the finish with MJF was okay. Not great, but okay. But ever I since- like the cage match with Wardlow. Yeah, exactly. That was probably the best part of that whole feud. Yeah. Um, again, it made Wardlow look outstanding, and but it also made Cody look great too. It did what it was. Yep. Supposed to do. But ever since he lost that match to MJF, he his he he did win the TNA championship, and he had a nice run as a TNA champion. So what I said was kind of bullshit, but. Ever since he lost to Brody Lee the first time, even when he came back and won a second time, I just it was like something was different. And I didn't like him anymore. Cody has not moved yep. my needle at all since he lost that title. Since he got squashed by, you know what it was? 
let's pretend like it was WWE and it was the feed. Ever since they squashed Cody, I don't believe he's that good. Uh, they squashed him with Brody Lee, and I uh, that's the, and they buried him. So no, that's not what the case. But ever since then, has Cody really had anything to stick his teeth into? Even when he had the title the second time, it was a short reign and nothing really going on. It really nope. wasn't much there, and it was a pretty quick title change too with with Darby. So Cody really needs to put a lot more effort into his on screen character soon. Because it's been garbage. And not only that, he hasn't cut any promos. Every time he does cut a promo, he gets interrupted. I mean, one of the things you loved about Cody was his promo. And now he's not even, never has a microphone. Explain that to me. Yeah, when he does, he's getting interrupted by Jade Cargill or uh, Sting or, and there's like, (laughs) there's barely any receipts to be paid at that point. Yeah. I mean, he has, and, and I'm assuming because, this is it's either laziness or he's doing it on purpose. I don't want to say laziness because he's not a lazy guy. That's a bad word. So take that out. He's either not focusing enough on professional wrestling enough or he just doesn't care. Yep. Because that's the effort and that's why people don't care about this with QT Marshall. Yeah, and honestly, there's nothing I'm really enjoying about the QT Marshall faction in the slightest. There's nobody there that I'm like, ah, maybe there's something that they could make out of this. I see nothing out of those guys, man. Nothing. I haven't seen anything either. Um, I'm not going to give up on them because you never know. But so far, that whole thing, even when he threw, again, going back to this indie vibe, it's a little thing and it's tiny, but we made fun of it anyway. We'll make fun of it again. When he throws the paint can on the on the on the nightmare sign, and it barely hits anything on the fucking sign except for the one little part, it looks stupid. He can barely hit the side of a barn. Literally, I just dropped my phone <laughs> for a second time. Jesus Christ! You're upset when you do that. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm reviewing Raw for Christ's sake. This is what AEW has reduced me to. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of sad to be honest with you. It's like I might uh, so let's continue. Again. I might have to start watching Raw again just so I can think AEW is not horrible. You know what that's like? It's kind of like the show Hoarders. You know, like the show where everybody like goes and like you know just throws garbage in their house and they live amongst it and there's just like dead animals amongst them and all that and then finally the town has to get involved and they might condemn it. Whenever I watch that show, I feel a million times better about myself. <laughs> so AEW building self-esteem. Thanks, guys. Yes. Well, my homegirl, uh, well, then what happened after so that happened? So it looks like there's gonna be an Anthony Agogo to put a little bow on this load of shit. Anthony Agogo looks like there's gonna be <laughs> him and Cody. A bolo shot. By the way, it's not a a a gut punch. Um it is a bolo shot. So, oh. is it because people look like they're wearing those ties after he hit some of it? Yeah, I wonder what that stands for. It sounds English. It has to do something. It has to be something with a bolo, right? A bolo tie. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm just so unimpressed with the body blow as being a finisher. It's just it's it's moronic. I could see if like maybe Big Show's doing it. 
I don't know. I hated the big show finish too. The big right hand. That's corny shit. But you know what? He's a giant. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Oh, that's very accurate. That's true. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Alex Marvez interviewed all Eagle Ethan Page Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio Sky is angry. And he wants to be the franchise now, bitch. And then uh, Ethan Page said, yeah. Darby, why don't we talk about your medical history? That face paint you wear covers up the dent I put in your forehead. They have a long history. Darby Allen challenged head, charged headlong into, into Ethan Page. I guess he's really pissed off about that dent in the face. His ex-girlfriend's so hot. What's her name in, in NXT? Uh, she hasn't really been, hasn't really appeared yet. But it was a, uh, something Kelly, right? I forget her original name. Hell oh, yeah. I'm big fan of her. <laughs> no, not just because she's very attractive. That's, because I, 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 that will slight what I actually think about her. Great in-ring talent, charisma out the rear end, and she is uh, really willing to, to really push the envelope. I actually love her cuts a great promo um i love everything about priscilla kelly and she's yeah she's attractive but you know it's not really any part of my vibe i'm woke now sir nice feet though you're spoken you're, you're spoken for she doesn't listen to the show it's fine um, uh, okay dr Britt baker I cannot wait till she's champion we are let in fact let's start a chat let's start a countdown to my homegirl, Britt Baker, finally becoming AEW Women's Champion. Are you excited? I'm so excited. We I can't are wait. 20 days away from the Britt Baker era. The countdown begins, and I am going to bask in her glory. Like Keith Lee? No, she's on TV. Oh, that's true. That is true. Um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know what? She's definitely going to win. I mean, there's no two ways. I mean, why would you keep it on Kushida? Oh, not Kushida. What the hell is her name? Sheeta. <laughs> Kushida. Sheeta. Hey, Kushida. Uh, yeah, why would you keep? Yeah, I would put it on, you know, somebody who has charisma and already has the heel collateral there. And the fans are reacting to her. She was probably one of the best parts of the show in Blood and Guts. And it was a squash match. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and she's been there that for a while. She's always a bright spot on the show. Um, technique by Taz. I kind of like this when Taz just made fun of Christian. Like, like yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Um, then the four way tag team eliminator. Nothing, not really surprising here. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Varsity Bonds. And the Varsity Bonds are getting a lot of a dynamite time. So it looks like. Pillman's kid and Griff Garrison are starting to get a little. There's though they lose often uh, when they're on dynamite. They're getting a lot of dynamite opportunities. The acclaimed yep. Anthony Bowens and Platinum Max Caster. Who's your favorite out of those two? Uh, the rapper. Is it because you don't like gay people and Anthony Bowens is gay? I had no idea, nor do I care. I know. I was just kidding. I didn't. I don't know if you knew that. That's why I brought it up. He's openly again. No, I had no idea. Not a lot of do you, do you like it? on the uh, main rosters, so it's good to to see that and, and acknowledge that. So great job, Anthony Bones, for coming out and sucking cock. Be anybody else other than SCU in this entire match, though? No, that's what I was going to say. They totally telegraphed it with the whole, like, you know, the, the the promo the week before, and I had no doubt. I would have I would have bet money on SCU at that point. 
Yeah, yeah. they're already the number one contenders. They could have just challenged them. They didn't need to have the like. You know what that is? Let's be honest. Again, that is it's very WWE. WWE booking that has pissed me off. Right, it infuriated me. You're making me look feel stupid. Yeah, you're placating me. Oh, it has to make sense. It doesn't have to make. If you are to have to spell it out for somebody that much, then they shouldn't be watching television. They should be watching paint dry. Or something else, because you don't need to treat me like I'm stupid. When they said this was going to happen, you, a part of me in the back of my head knew the young bucks were going to be the ones that were going to end this tag team. Who else could it be? SCU wins, not, not a big deal. We knew it was happening. And on Wednesday night, which should be tomorrow night when this airs, they will take on... SCU will be taking on the Young Bucks for the AEW Championship, and SCU, if they lose, will be disbanded completely. And I think you can bet every dollar you have that the Young Bucks are going to walk out tag team champions. And the only question I have is Kazarian turn on CD. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, or does do you think CD is going to be uh, hanging around much longer? I think he's going to go to a part-time situation. In fact, I think he alluded to that on okay on being the elite this week. If you and you did, this is an episode you watched this week. He alluded to it. Yes, I did. That he's let other people let the focus go on other people, and they have won a lot of matches. But most of them, I think, they've only had one. They've only won two matches recent time on dynamite it's been against jobbers on one of the dark net dark shows so you know i, I look it's it's a situation where i think he's doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes as a producer he is i think he's actually he's also talent relations had a talent relationship which i think is his big thing and that's a massive job obviously especially after botches like the endings that they've been having but so I think he's going to focus more on that end of the game. And then Kazarian's going to have a nice singles run is what I think is going to happen. But and maybe CD. And back. you know what? The whole, the whole aspect of SCU breaking up is a little jaded in my eyes too. It's like, you know, you mentioned him before Scorpio sky. Have they even touched upon him? Like leaving them on camera or no? Uh, yeah. CD said that he's, in, he's like, fr- there's Frankie. There's me. We haven't been at our best. And Scorpion and Sky. Well, he's frustrated about a lot of things, and I under, and I can understand when somebody's frustrated when they act the way he's acting. So I guess there was a split that they alluded to, but they never addressed it. And I don't know if they're going to do it soon. Maybe Kazarian feuds with Sky and Ethan Page. We'll see. I don't know, but they did finally allude to it this past being the elite. Yeah. I mean, uh, getting back to one of your initial points, so I think uh, the Bucks are going to win uh, hands down. That's going to get some more heat on them, and it's going to put a little bit more polish on this, um, you know, invigorated heel roll for sure. And uh, they're going to take down their best, fr- you know, one of some of their best friends and then kill off one of the uh, longtime tag teams that have been around 
uh, with AEW, one of the original signings, actually, right? Like one of the original, they were sort of grandfathered in, if you will, right? Top so 10, they were one of the original 10. There was 10 original signings. Yeah. And they were two. And they, yeah, those SCU was three of the, of the 10. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think the writing's on the wall there. And then um, it'll be interesting to see where the Bucks go next after that. Um, but, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what they're going to, how they're going to handle Frankie Kazarian. I think Kazarian is in line for a decent singles run, actually. That's what I said. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I agree with that. Um, but I wonder if they do revisit Sky and, and Kazarian, some kind of feud there, which could which could be the case. Or um, un, unless they team him up with uh, Christian Cage. Which they could. That makes actually an interesting point. But what yeah. we it's that's too much to speculate from there. That's actually interesting because they did have that. Um I tend to think that, that they put those two together just because they've had a lot of history together and they thought that that could be the best opportunity for Christian Cage to have his best opening match back in seven years. Um, So there's that. So I'm with you hundred percent bucks and it was, it's going to be a beautiful moment. I have my question though. Did this deserve to be at double or nothing or because I really feel like they're kind of rushing this. This kind of came over the last couple of weeks a lot of the promos and the things going down on it just happened on being the elite this past week. I felt like this match could have a little bit more build. If you're going to break up SCU, the original AEW tag team champions, they've run yep. wrestling. You know, they were huge in ring of honor. You're breaking these two up. They've been together for over a decade. You're breaking them up. I think it deserves more than what it's getting to, quite frankly. And I don't even like the guy. And I don't even have that much invested in those two guys because I never was big into impact or ring of honor, but yep. with their history, I feel like they might've deserved a little bit more of a push. They've done a decent job, but I don't know if they focused enough on it. Maybe have a, have some kind of attack on them or what have you. Yeah. I don't understand why they're not having a build maybe to the uh, pay-per-view unless they have something more grand in, in mind for the bucks on that. And that maybe it's Kingston and Moxley, who the hell That's knows exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. 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 Moxley and, that's they're going to need to make that a good match because they need hey look AEW this next pay-per-view they better bring the thunder like they've never brought it before or at least they they have got to put a top three pay-per-view they've ever had on this next pay-per-view after what they have done this past couple months you're definitely buying it right I'm definitely going to buy it yeah because I'm still a mark for AEW no, I, I mean, honestly, this would be, you know, tipping the scales in some ways for you, because if it's a is it, if if it's a disappointment in some way, you might be like, oh, man, the next pay-per-view you might consider. Who knows? You know, you might you might have second thoughts. Let's put it that way. I'm sure you still get it, but you'll be like, ah. I'm not I'm not second thought. I'm not even close to second thoughts yet, because I, I do. I, they have given me more enjoyment than any professional wrestling company has done in 20 years. So yeah. there yet. But but. Because I'm still loving them. See, here's the thing. I am killing them not because this is like, honestly, it's different from with WWE. For me, this is like a family member saying, you guys better shape up here. Get off yeah. the mess. Get off of the mess and go back to your wife. You know, that's what this is right here. This is definitely an intervention, intervention type feel. 
Yeah, please, Tony Khan. This is all with nothing but respect. And even though I almost had a stroke at the beginning of this episode because yeah. of your lack of forethinking about the production level of your finishes on your two biggest events you've had the last two months. Just saying. Tony Khan needs to learn to start saying no or double check and go through these dry runs and and then sort of having like a uh, an iron hammer, if you will, and say, hey, you know what, guys, this looks like shit. And if I was TNT, I'd kick this shit, kick this show off the uh, off our network with stuff like this. You know what? And the match inside the ring. And you know what? They don't pay attention to detail in the production. And yeah. a mantra in every great man and will tell you and that has accomplished anything, particularly from a creative standpoint, attention to detail is extraordinarily important. And Tony Khan is missing. We may hate Vince up and down for his creative, but do you think Vince McMahon would have let what happened happen at the end of that pay-per-view? And do you think Vince McMahon no would let happen happen there? Oh, and, and by the way, don't spare me. Well, what about the one time where uh, Roman didn't have, couldn't open the, the the handcuffs? That is a completely different ballgame. That's human error. That's whatever. You cannot compare the same two. You can't. You can't bring up botches, what have you. When it comes to production and telling the story visually, AEW has got to step up or they're not going to make it. It's that simple. Period. And kill Vince, and you got to give the man his credit. Vince McMahon would have someone's ball slung from the top of the roof if anything remotely happened that happened at their last two biggest events. Yep. Yeah, he would. Never happened. Vince would have been there blowing the fucking ring up at two o'clock in the afternoon that day. <laughs> Let me do it right here. I'll fucking go blow it right now. Say what you want about Vince. The guy still kills it like that every freaking day. <laughs> Let me detonate it. He's stupid. Son. I'll put the C four. I'll put the C four under the ring. I'll blow the fucker up. Wait, wait, wait! You're gonna blow the ring up? Get, get over here. Let me show you. Yeah, what you want? I fart bigger than that, damn it! Horrible! Get him out of here! <laughs> just simple, just get, just get those 300 tons of steel right there. You blow anything up, idiots! <laughs> what, what is this bizarre land? We're, we're hailing Vince and killing AEW. What is going on? It's me that's doing it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is bizarro high pop, high spots and cheap pops. Jeez. Tony Schiavone interviewed the belt collector. Honestly, my favorite wrestler in AEW right now, Kenny Omega. And he hasn't been that great, but he has been better and he's still the best wrestler in the world. And he's been a busy man of late, collecting gold all over the world. And now he's come to pass. So Tony Schiavone, just go on with the announcement. And he announces that Pac and Orange Cassidy are going to fight for the shot for Kenny Omega's belt at double or nothing. <coughs> and um, this is what happens. After Kenny does that, Orange Cassidy shows up. And, I, and this is another WWE thing, isn't it? So am I supposed to believe, even though Pac should beat Orange Cassidy because he should be the favorite, 
after you have Orange Cassidy inter- interrupt Kenny Omega, am I supposed to believe Pac has a chance to beat Orange Cassidy coming up now? Like, why did you have no that? chance? Now I know for a fact Orange Cassidy's winning. You telegraphed I, it. Yeah, I hated that promo and that whole segment, honestly. Yep. And really, what I felt was like they brought Kenny out because, hey, the the live crowd didn't see him earlier in the night. So this is a way to sort of shoehorn him in. And, um, and basically here he comes out. It's a weak segment. Um, you know what? Um, shit, Kenny, uh, I, I gotta tell you, man, like I was not impressed with him during this promo either. I think he actually used this, the term, um, what the hell did he say? Um, it was like some old timey, um, he said Halloween and at the, oh, Jesus, what was the term? Sock hop or something like that. Yeah. It was Did great. you catch it? I like that. Actually. That was just so, I hated it. And it was just like, like how many people like our age or younger really know that? Just so, such a dated, stupid thing. Like, I, I, it's just, I hated it. And then what I hated most is that you bring Orange Cassidy out there. And he doesn't say a word, nor does he even get into a physical confrontation with him. It's Orange Cassidy, though. Okay, well, you're fighting for the world title. Yeah, but it's Orange Cassidy. It's part of his character. If you, That's a taste thing. I'm not going to kill him on it. He's not going to deviate from his taste. That's something that is 100% his, what he does. That's what his character is. You don't like it, or in that instance, that's that's taste. Uh, you know, I... I, I don't I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. Act like you give a damn. But that would be against his character. So it's kind of, you know, that's what's so hard about his character. Am I, you know, you only believe him toward midway through a match when you start really believing in him as a wrestler, you know, but that's the beauty of it, too. It's, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah. It's a weird dichotomy, which. But I, my whole thing was I, I'm with you. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And I can see why. It, but. I just hate the fact that Pac wasn't out there either. Have Pac him out there. Why not? Yeah, I, I mean, it's just telegraphing almost like the SCU thing. It's 100%. 100%, man. It's a joke. It's a joke, actually. Fucking joke. Tony Schiavone interviewed the best man, Miro, and... Miro comes out, and the big thing he says is something about uh, wants to find out what happens when the man who doesn't mind dying is the man who doesn't mind killing him. And what did Darby? You sent me a tweet, and, and Darby responded to Miro. What? How did Darby respond? Oh, by the way, we totally skipped uh, the, the Darby Allen getting tossed down the stairs, which is probably the best part of the night. And it may, and it may even more so made Jericho look like a bitch. So uh, it's just a joke. It's a joke. It's a complete fucking joke. I forget what the joke was. A rabbi, a priest, and a shaman walk into a bar. The shaman was on ayahuasca and saw the entire universe at his fingertips. And we were all enlightened. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's a joke what they got going on with 
not having Pac out there. He's one of your best wrestlers, one of your most entertaining wrestlers, and one of your biggest stars, frankly, because of his time in WWE. And for him to kind of be taking a, an already a back seat to what obviously is going to be the world championship match at Double or Nothing, and I, I and, and it seems rushed to me. I mean, this is this—they're booking like WWE right now. They're finally going to set their pay-per-views in three weeks from yesterday, twenty days, yep. and they're—they don't even have their world championship match set yet. That's not AEW booking. That's WWE booking. This is a yep. very bad time right now, creatively for AEW. It's as if they watched WWE handle WrestleMania and they're like, "Hey, these are pretty good notes." That's, they're making so much money, they got to be doing something, right? Oh, <laughs> I know what we'll do. Let's get a stadium. You already have one. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. They're gonna have to do some work for to get me fully involved. And even though I love both guys, Omega and Cassidy, I, I'm not into it yet. So we'll see. Yeah, and like honestly, too, like okay, I know uh, wrestling is predetermined, of course, and stuff. But when I see Pac versus Orange Cassidy, like, how is it even believable? And and in, in any way that Pac is going to lose this match? If you saw that match that they had last year at Revolution, you'd understand why. Okay. Yeah, I just I, I I hold I hold Pack in high regard, and I and I look at Orange Cassidy as sort of a I don't know uh, a, a, a sort of a, com- a a comedic break. Yeah, I mean they're trying, and again they're doing WWE booking. They they're they're trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's Otis. I think he's better than Otis, but um, yeah, they're trying to make it. They 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 went out of their way to have, when he feuded with Jericho. To make Orange Cassidy a main event. That was the goal. And they feel like they've gotten him to that level. I'm with you uh, in terms of how am I supposed to believe Orange Cassidy? The guy doesn't give a shit. The guy with his hands in his pockets. The guy doesn't talk. How's he going to be Kenny Omega? How's he going to be Pacquiao? And look, that's his vibe. That's his character. Again, that's something that I think we, you know, I'm, I, I'll, I will defer and just say I can see why you don't like it. Um. But at the end of the day here, though, is that I just don't like the booking here. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't mind it on certain in certain levels. But when you're talking the World Championship, Omega or Pac involved against this guy, I'm like, that's where I'm like, okay, you know. And it is WWE ish, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. If you will, baby. Yes, I'm saying that's what WWE does, baby. And they treat you like you're stupid because you is stupid, baby. <sighs> Let's put the funny guy against the all-star stud, and who knows what will happen. Uh, throw, hey, baby, you have a nice finish, and it'll be a 10-star match for Mr. Dave Meltzer. You know what I'm saying, baby? We're going to do that right now. My son cannot wrestle, I guess. The fans are going to lose it when he puts his hands in his pockets. <laughs> and they do lose it when he puts their hands <laughs> Say, say what you will, but Cassidy is over. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Oh, he's definitely over. Yeah, yeah, and there's definitely a, an area for him, for sure. I just, I, you know, when I look at Omega and or Pac, it's just like, okay, you know, this guy's in over his head, and I don't know. It just, uh, 
I, yeah, I, just, I just think they discounted Pac not being there. Like he should have came out and said something too. There is no, no reason for Pac not being part of that next segment unless he couldn't be there. Yeah, like was he in England or something? Like I don't. His schedule is so weird, and and it's been a bit disjointed, even with Devil's Triangle, you know, or Death's Triangle. Yeah. Either way. So Tony Schiavone. So what do you think about the Miro promo and what Darby said to him? Um, yeah, I loved what Darby said to him after that promo. And again, this is a new, more violent Miro that should probably been that guy when he, as soon as he arrived, really. Yeah. Um, you know, and but you know, we already saw the video game playing dork, a dork, really, and it, it really did, took some luster over off of that diamond. And um, you know what, Darby was great. He didn't. He didn't pull any punches, and pretty much called him underwhelming. And he, Miro definitely has been. Now, with that being said, I have a feeling Miro's going to win this match. I'm not sure about that. You, you. I will say they're making it a good possibility because he has defended the title and he's got his ass kicked every single solitary week. Yeah. Or, oh, you know, really? Because don't forget, they did all that stuff with Team Taz, you know, that feud with Team Taz. And then right yeah. after that, he was defending every single week. So, same kind of vibe after Cody, when Cody lost his first time with the squash match to Brody Lee. It was like that overworked vibe might be one of the reasons that you could see he just got tossed with one of the biggest spots of the, of the night with uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, particularly throwing him downstairs. Um, I, yeah, I think I think they're going to play that up, and I when, think that's why Miro's going to win. Wrestling? When are they wrestling? Um, I'm not sure when they're wrestling. Is it is it, is it, is it dynamite or is it might be dynamite? They're wrestling. Yeah, what, what, what that it, should be what put that on put that on double or nothing. Well, I, what I think you're going to see is uh, uh, Ethan Page and um, Scorpio Sky against Sting and Darby Allen at the pay per view probably. Yeah, and that's again the paper is only not even three weeks away. This is so weird. It just this really is yeah. WWE booking, man. That's another thing I came across too is like Ethan Page, and you have uh, Adam Page, then you have Christian Cage, and you have Brian Cage. So much yeah, repetition. That's their, that's their names, though. That they built. They've all built over time in their indie careers. What do, what do you want one of them to do? I don't know. Change their names. Yeah, but that's the thing. No, that one of the reasons people love going to AEW is because they don't have to change their name. Everything that they forged, Kevin Steen can still be Kevin Steen. You know, El Generico could be El Generico. It was only till recently, Adam. Adam. Cole could be Adam Cole. You know what I mean? There was before that, it was very few and far between that mm-hmm. were able to keep their names. You know, but that changed obviously. But one of the reasons is though that, and by the way, people, if they're not big enough, they still aren't changing names. Priscilla Kelly's not Priscilla Kelly anymore. So it's only the bigger guys, the guys yeah. who clearly have an option to go elsewhere and make money as a star that get to choose a different name. Yeah. 
So that AEW is not saying, okay, Brian Cage, what you've built over the last 10 years of your career, well, you got to change your name. But I will say this they could be like, okay, he could just go by the machine. I mean, WWE does stuff like that. But overall, right, right. Yeah. Overall, it, it just, it's, it, it, yeah, that, yeah, just, it's uh, not necessarily confusing, but it's just like very repetitive to me. I'm like, and I have to think, which cage am I talking about? And it's like, okay, Christian Cage, right? Versus well, Brian Cage. Well, shit. Well, I tell you what, you watch professional wrestling. If it's a goddamn sport, you have people with the same fucking names, don't you? Yeah, how many Johnsons out there playing football? Fucking twigging each other's dicks together on being the elite. <laughs> no, that's only one uh, gallows. I thought their spot was pretty funny. I like how they're 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 taping them right before the run-ins. I think that's pretty funny. You are just so tickled by whatever they do. If you're not familiar with those, you're watching being the elite. So what they do is now that they're heels, anytime they're about to go and do a run-in, they've been recording it. Gallows and Anderson ran in and tried to save the young bucks, but Gallows had to jerk off in the bathroom. So they've been recording their run-ins like right before they go out. It's been pretty funny. Hit or miss. The jerk-off thing, eh, it might not be your cup of tea. Eh. Gallows and Anderson do nothing for me. You didn't like and, and honestly, they do. I don't think they do much for, for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks either. I would agree with that so far. Yeah. Like, a, it's just a waste. <laughs> You hate them so much. And you know what? Like, they didn't do anything in WWE. No, you're right. What have you done for me lately? And I haven't watched Impact to know how good they're being there, but I'm with you. You heard about these legends in New Japan that were the greatest tag team ever. Where are they? I get what you're saying. You're not the only one that's been saying this. You're you're, you're one of many. You are the the voiceless bad. Yeah, it just, and, and to me, they get way too much TV time. For like uh, less than talented talent. Very nice, by the way. That's pretty. That is nice. That is pretty. Um, yeah. So, uh, what else? What else led up to War Games? And besides, uh, after we got past the Orange Cassidy and uh, uh, that, and actually after that, after the Miro, yes. And then we had the two wrestlings covered by one giant cage. It was Bloods, and then. We already talked about blood and guts and the absolute brilliant match it was until Chris Jericho graced his presence and destroyed it in one foul swoop of landing on a nice balloony, cushiony group of cardboard, classfully painted to look like diamond plate steel. Yeah. Good old stuntman props. God damn it. Who put a big pillow there? Supposed to be. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, man, Cornette did a pretty good bit. He said that that match was uh, sponsored by the My Pillow Company. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst was again. We talked about it before, and I don't, I've already lost my shit on AEW today, and I think we're coming. Yeah, you did. We're coming to the end. <sighs> Breathe. There we go. Episode. Um, it, it was a horrible finish, and we know what happened. And Jericho looking around after he landed, landed safely. 
I mean, holy shit. And it's one thing, maybe if this happened in 1995 or even 99, even. Right. But shit, not even. Mick Foley was 1998, right? Yep. And we've seen a lot crazier shit than that. Well, maybe not that, but we've seen a lot of crazy shit happen since then. And that, what we saw to have that match end because a guy was afraid of someone falling off of that. And then when he falls, it shows what it did. It just makes me feel like they think I'm a fucking idiot. Right. It makes me feel like they think I'm stupid. It makes me feel like they don't respect my opinion. And I don't get it. I know I should have an opinion that's respected. But you don't respect my opinion. Why don't they respect my opinion? Why don't they respect me? And that's a hell of a segue to what we're going to get into when we come back, folks. We'll see you guys next time. Here, I spots anything else glad about AEW before we say goodbye. Um, yeah, I would say that this was an eye-opening episode because Mr. Silicon Steve Valley has opened up his heart, let it bleed, and had all of the fellow marks out there realize that he's willing to call it down the middle in terms of AEW at this point, especially when you have an abomination of an ending of an incredible match such as we witnessed there. So it was uh, breathtaking. Um, uh, re- I, I mean, my juices are flowing now. It's crazy, and I'm loving it. So we had a dose of truth from Mr. Valley here, and we could not be uh, any more pleased. <laughs> ah, that's great. We will see you guys next time. Check us our SmackDown review will be coming out tomorrow or the day after. And we will see you guys then. Check us out. High spots and cheap comms. Vlad the Impaler, thank you so much for hanging out. This is Silicon Sea Valley. We'll see you next time on High Spots and Cheap Pops.